This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for listening in today. I am Beverly Isla, your host. Today, we will be talking with renowned animal communicator, Claudia Hare, about who animals really are. And many may think, well, that's obvious, but Claudia, she has a deeper perspective that we can better understand animals or be more open to connecting with them in ways we never thought possible. So when we get back from these messages, we will hear from Claudia. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with you your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select Petco locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Claudia Hare, an internationally respected animal communicator. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me again here. I know this topic is a passion of yours, and it's a pleasure to be able to share it with others. So let's just jump right in. So, Claudia, who are animals? (laughs) Who are animals, really? Oh, Beverly, thank you so much, first of all, for having me on. And thanks for talking about this uh, topic, because it is so, so important. Mostly when you say, you know, who is an animal? People either give you a description of what they look like, their furs, feathers, or, you know, you get a species like a dog and a cat. But that's not who an animal is. That is what an animal is. But who is an animal? An animal is a soul with a physical body, just like us. There's literally deep inside, there is no difference. We're all souls with a physical body, just our bodies look different. It's like you and I, we are the same species. We are women, but we look totally different. But deep down, we are the same. We we are soul who has a, a physical body and has emotions and feelings. Gotcha. Now, let me just, let me ask you this, (laughs) because do you consider, uh, how do I even word it, the evolution of souls different among species? No, absolutely not. Because if you actually, I mean, quantum physics, think about it this way. You take a piece of your skin and put it under very, very strong microscope. What you will see, so you see the skin, you see the cells, you see molecules, you see atoms, you see vibrating energy. You take a piece of an animal skin doesn't matter if it's a dog, a cat, a fish. You put that under a microscope. What do you see? You see the skin, the cells, the molecules, atoms, and vibrating energy. 
So we are all vibrating energy and there's only one type of energy. It's the same. We're all breathing the same air. It's not that there's air for humans and air for animals. We breathe the same air and that's the same thing. There's only one energy we are all made of. So we are literally the same. We right. just have right. chosen a different body, which gives us different opportunities to do things. Like if you love to soar in the sky, maybe you come as an eagle rather than working on a teller somewhere, you know? So I see you're taking this like a way bigger perspective to what is source, essentially, <laughs> is that's how you're looking at things. So how do animals see us? How do animals see the world and everyone on it? Like, okay, again, there's different levels. And so when, when you go all the way back, so yes, we are absolutely the same, right? And then we have different bodies. And then our bodies, of course, have different needs. So if, mm -hmm. you, if you're a fish, you need water to swim. Or if you're a whale, you need water to swim, right? And, uh, you, you know, you're human, you need the earth to walk on. Right. So our bodies have different needs. And then sometimes, you know, when we have different bodies, we also act different. But animals are kind of the same, like an animal when, you know, I have communicated with thousands of animals from I don't know how many hundreds of different, maybe thousand different species. They do see us as what we are, because quite often we are actually, we are an enemy, like we are a predator, you know, we hunt them, we go after them, right? So there's already this, oh, oh gosh, there's human coming. But but deep down, they, like if, if you talk to a dog or uh, a cat companion, they see us, we look different, yes, but they don't really look on our outside, they look at our inside. And they also see that there's not much difference between us either. So they see us for who we are and not for what we are. We usually see an animal for what they are and not who they are. Right, exactly, exactly. It's kept at a very um, superficial level. Correct. I always say to people when I give a seminar, because a lot of people see there's a big separation, like there's on one side, there are the humans, on the other side, there are the animals kind of thing, right? So to start to get that barrier down, see an animal not as a different species, see an animal as a culture. Like we love to travel the world, right? We love to travel because, you know, we like to see different cultures. We like to see how other people live because it's interesting, right? I mean, if we all would live the same life, why would we travel, right? So we love to see how other people, how other cultures work. And we like to take take on certain things because you can learn from each other, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the American culture, the Canadian culture, the, the German culture, the French culture, the Italian culture, the Japanese culture. So we see it as a culture. So see a species, an animal species also as a culture. See the dog culture. See it as the cat culture, the horse culture, the cow culture. And then you, you get to know them and see what is beneficial there. You know what I mean? So don't see a separation. Just see a different culture and try to get to know that culture. It makes already a huge difference. Yeah. And this is a very expansive conversation that goes beyond the animal kingdom. Because when we consider that we are all multidimensional, <laughs> that includes any other beings. So you're absolutely correct. Is if we can see past who our limitations are, even within us, then we can expand to like other types of communication, which I won't go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> given that <laughs> what you've mentioned, how humans see animals. So how does this distorted view change the reality of our ability to see who animals really are? 
if we again see somebody as what they are you already see the body and the body has certain limitations right like mm -hmm. for example people always want to teach animals to you know they either use sign language to communicate with us or they use buttons to communicate with us oh i love that <laughs> every right. time i see so, those videos yeah <laughs> there you go so for example Yes, a dog can't do sign language because they don't have fingers. There's a, a limit of what they can do, right? Right. Then people think because there's a body, so the body has a limited, it gives the whole being a limited ability. So uh, let's say a snake doesn't even has any hands to do anything, right? Again, then we think they're less intelligent or something. But if we see the being, like the animal as, as the whole being, if we know that it's only the outer that is different rather than the inner, then we also know that they have the same abilities. And then all of a sudden, we know now that we can have abilities that we have. So for example, we used to say that children are not aware of anything till they're around five or six years old. Like a kid doesn't, it's not aware of anything, right? Right. Yeah. That. And now, you know, like that was, I don't know how many years ago. Now, when people, when women are pregnant, they know that a fetus feels everything, hears everything. So people now sing to their unborn children. They read them books, right? So because now they are aware that the unborn child gets everything that's going around outside of, of the womb. So it's kind of, so the same thing. Now we have to see that with animals as well, that it's not the outer, it's the inner. So they have way more abilities. And once we are aware of that, then we can better communicate with them. We can better understand them because there's no separation. And we know that they have more feelings, that they have more understandings. They might have limited abilities to do certain things, but they have the same understanding and the same feelings. And once we are aware of that, it will change everything. Because if you think about it too, we have more and more laws, but it's just, again, for the outer, not for the inner. Once we understand that there's more going on on the inside, I believe, because we are more open and we treat animals different. It's not, again, from the outer, it's from the inner. Exactly. Well, that's where basically everything starts, right? Correct. And you pretty much answered my next question, which is what is the difference between humans and animals? Is there anything else that you wanted to add to that? Literally, no, there's only the outer. There's really, we just look just different. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that makes this world this beautiful place because if we would all look the same, it would be boring, <laughs> right? So it's wonderful. I mean, gosh, how, how awesome is that to give your dog a hug or to snuggle up, you know, like this beautiful, the fur to feel the fur or, you know, it's so wonderful. Or when your cat lies on you and purrs, that's one of the most amazing feelings, you know? So it's so beautiful that we are different. Absolutely. So it's literally... The only difference is the outer. Right. But then again, each being, it doesn't matter human or animal, we're all on a different level. I mean, you know what I mean? We're all on a different stage in our lives. I mean, if you think about back 10 years in your life, how much you learned in the last 10 years kind of thing, right? So we are constantly growing, we're constantly evolving. And so the same thing. We are all on our journey, on our where we are on this level on our journey. And so the same with the animals. And they also, you see that as well, how they, depending on the surroundings they have, how the surroundings also nourishes them. Absolutely. And I do think like, yes, we're all on like uh, different paces in our journeys and whatnot. But I do believe we are kind of headed all in the similar direction, which is the multidimensional journey. But we won't go there. But we're going to have a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue talking with Claudia about who animals really are. Take a bite out of your competition. 
Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with renowned animal communicator Claudia Hare about animals and who they are beyond how we usually see them. I think this is a perfect segue to, to discuss if there's not much difference between us and animals, then what is the difference between domesticated and wild animals? That's actually really interesting because I learned a lot about that by communicating with so many different species. And of course, there's first of all, the way the animals see us because I don't like the word wild animals because it assumes that it's a vicious animal. It's an animal that just wants mm-hmm. to attack us kind of thing, you know, wild. So it's more like uh, the animals that don't really live with us in close proximity, right? Right. And even if you think about like, if some people have um, an animal companion, let's say a lizard or so, and they don't spend that much time with them, they're still quotation mark considered wild kind of thing. But what I've learned is that deeper difference between domesticated and undomesticated animals. I think that's a better word to use rather than a wild animal. Like free, the free animals. (laughs) Is that the animals that live with us, they actually have taken on some emotions that undomesticated animals don't have. For example, embarrassment. Really? Um, Yes. An undomesticated animal, let's say a sheep, an elephant, a snake, they don't really know embarrassment because animals they don't make fun of each other. However, animals that live with us, many times they feel embarrassed. They had this one example that there was a dog who had gotten a really funny haircut and people were laughing at it and the dog felt embarrassed. Or one of my dog companions, Hira, she lived with me many, many years ago, a beautiful, beautiful dog, and she had hip dysplasia. And so I actually got her a little cart. She was a 70 pound dog. So she was a larger dog. And I got her cart so she could lie in the cart. So to rest, you know, I had another dog companion as well. And we like to go for hikes. And when Hira was hesitant to walk because of her hip dysplasia, right? So I got Mm -hmm. her a cart and she was so happy because she walked even further because she knew that anytime she would get tired or her hips weren't feeling so well, she could get in the cart. And I was so happy. And that was way before people had those. um, All the wheels. Yeah. Yes. Those, what are they called now? You know, like kind of like a baby carriage kind of thing. So when people saw her, like the first time we went out in that cart, she was so happy. She was happy, happy, happy. And then some people stopped and laughed, you know, and like, oh, a dog shouldn't, like if a dog can't walk, you should put a dog down. Literally, that's what they said to me. So the next time she went in, she was hesitant and it happened again. People were, were making funny remarks. And then the third time she didn't want to go in anymore. She was so embarrassed. She Aww. was so embarrassed. So they, they do take that in, eh? 
Yes. And again, the undomesticated animals, let's say you have a herd of, again, elephants. An elephant would never say to another elephant, look what you look like. They don't do that. So <laughs> they don't have that. In- <laughs> Always. So, so it's really interesting what we have, you know, so being embarrassed and being ashamed, that's things that domesticated animals have taken on that undomesticated animals do not have. Is it only embarrassment or are there other emotions? Certain types of fears as well. So yeah, certain types of fears are there, but the big one is really embarrassment and being ashamed. Hmm. How do you explain then? So, you know, in the wild, if a mother's newborn is injured, sometimes they'll leave it behind, but a human will come in and take care of it. So there's that kind of a difference. What do you think of that? Like, does that make us considered more loving? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I would say so that? because if you think about it, I mean the same thing. An animal doesn't abuse another animal just for the pleasure, right? There's a lot mm. of people who abuse other people for no reason. Animals don't right. do that, right? Oh, unless they're gonna get eaten, then right. I mean, there's, there's there's you know you know about animals who have taken humans in to 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 help them to. So you know this goes both ways. You never know exactly. What is the reason why it happened? So that's the thing what we do with animals. This happens to everybody, does it? But you have to ask the animal, why? Why did you do that in that case? Like, why, for example, did you leave your little one behind? So maybe the mother would say, I know the little one is not making it anyway. And rather than to prolong it, you know what I mean? You don't know. Mm. That's the thing. We have to go always in each specific situation and not saying they always do it. Because the same thing, if I talk to an animal, Let's say I talk to 10 animals and they have a certain, they get a certain type of food and nine of them say they don't like it. I can't assume that the 10th also doesn't like it. The 10th might like it. You know what I mean? Right. You almost have to find out specifically why and not just globalize this kind of thing. They all do it. If you think about it too, if you see, let's say a kitten or puppy, let's say puppies. And so many times people come in and the puppy is terrified or might even urinate, Right. When a person mm-hmm. comes, they don't do that when their own mother, their own species comes. So there's something we do wrong. Yeah, there's multiple layers going on here. Yeah. And yes, but you never see like even a like a dog, the mother would punish a puppy for something, right? And but they would never when the mother comes start to urinate or sit in a corner and, and cower. But once they come to us, they do. Traumatized from the humans. Well, some of them. Some of them. <laughs> so again, because we, we don't understand, we don't ask, we don't also the culture, we don't recognize the culture, how they work. Right, right. Well, let's get into your expertise. I'm excited to get some tidbits from your communication skills, which is extremely high if you guys don't know Claudia's ways. So can we really communicate with animals and they with us? Like what's your, how do you do it? <laughs> basically. Uh, The answer is yes. Next. So yeah, basically, first of all, you have to think about there are different ways of communication, right? There is, for example, sign language, there is verbal communication, there's body language. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways of communication. So for example, if if I walk up to you and I put my fist into your face, like towards your face, you back up. Oh, you know, danger, danger. If an animal runs at us, danger. So, I mean, there's body language, right? There's scent. 
in animals are much better at scent than us. But you also know that because we put perfumin and all kinds of stuff. But if depending on what kind of situation you're in, let's say you're in a happy situation, you're in a fearful situation, you actually smell different because different hormones in your body are active, right? So you do smell different. So animals pick that up really, really easily. So there's many different ways you can communicate with each other, with animals. And then if you think about the way we communicate with each other, I mean, there is text. Text is a nonverbal way, right? Or telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, when we first started, for example, with social media and we, we were just, you know, writing each other comments or whatever, it was just words. And you can say to a person, yeah, right, which could be, you know, yeah, right, good for you. Or yeah, right, you're kidding me. How did you know which one it was? You just had two words. So that's why it actually came out with the emojis to put more emphasis on it. Which one do you mean, right? So we understand mm -hmm. it better non-verbally. So the same thing when we communicate with animals, we use telepathy, which is a non-verbal way of communication. Sign language is non-verbal way of communication. So telepathy is known as the universal language because everybody uses it. I, however, like to call it a soul language because we it's a soul ability. Every soul has this ability. And as we said earlier, we're all souls. We all have this ability. doesn't matter humans or animals. And that's why we can also connect with souls who have left their physical body because there's a misconception that a lot of people say your body has a soul, which is incorrect. Your soul, who sometimes has a body. So mm -hmm. it is a soul ability. So that's why we can connect with animals telepathically and with through telepathy we can have a, a real conversation with questions and answers so again when i connect with animals communicate with animals i communicate with through telepathy and just translate into words for people to hear what the animals have to say and being an empath as well i also put the emotions in that are coming from the animals right Exactly. No, I completely agree. Telepathy is a is something we are all able to do. It's just a matter of tuning into it. Correct. We have this ability. We just have to learn it, relearn it. Because so often you're in a situation where you, for example, you walk into a room or somebody's coming to you and you have a funny feeling. Where does that come from? That is a telepathic message that you got, right? Careful danger or something. So we all have it. We just have to learn how to better use it, how to understand it, because our entire life, nobody has ever taught us how to do it. Right, exactly. So what are some examples? What would be fun to know, Claudia? If you tuned into animals and asked what they think of us humans over the past couple of years of our shenanigans, what would their general message be? Especially the last few years, um, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they couldn't understand it. They, they, it didn't make any sense to them that all of a sudden they were not allowed to see their friends or also for people, you know, that were close by that they only could see half of their faces kind of thing. You know, it, it was really hard on them. It was very, very hard on them. Oh, I can imagine. It's completely different. But with you, because you are traveling and you now have... Oh, how many animals? You have quite a bit. I got a big animal family, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you, over the past three years, you probably gave them more freedom because you went from, where were you? You were out East Canada. Now you're in West Canada, right? So you got to see how these different provinces within Canada changed over the last three years. And with you being close with your animals, what did they see and what did they think? You know, I'm so blessed with my animal family because, first of all, I wouldn't do all this traveling if 
I would never travel and leave my, my family at home. So they traveling with me and I did ask them if they would mind, if they would be okay with it, because uh, some of my cat companions weren't very happy about being in a car. However, it's not a car, you know, we have, a, of course, more space. So so if they wouldn't have said yes, I wouldn't have done that. But they are and they are so happy and they're, they're just amazed about everything they see and smell. And, and I'm so blessed that, that, that they're with me and they're literally, okay, where's the next place we go? And they're just so happy huh. to go a new place and all the new smells and, 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 and. So it's amazing. They meet a lot of other animals, of course. And the other day we went into, into the mountains, um, in the Rocky Mountains, and we saw all kinds of undomesticated animals. And oh, it, it, yeah. It was just awesome because my guys are a little bit different because we do all that communication. We we talk. That's a normal thing in my family. You know what I mean? We talk yes. about everything. <laughs> so it's different. And the same thing when I see animals, it's just a little bit different because um, when I see an animal that I don't know, you know, I stop kind of thing, introduce myself and then, and then. So and then my guys the same way. I mean, I was walking not that long ago with my five dog companions and we were literally walking on a gravel road and all of a sudden out of the bush a coyote jumped and joined us <laughs> and there was absolutely wow. yeah there was absolutely no nothing it's just like okay let's join the, you know and he, he he walked with us for a while and then all of a sudden I thought oh it's actually a coyote right <laughs> the energy changed and he just jumped back into the woods it was absolutely amazing that's one awesome time, yeah, one time, again, we were all walking and it was a little path and a porcupine came from the other side. And I thought, oh, porcupine, not so good. So I asked my guys and they were off leash, right? So I asked my guys, guys, please stay on the right side where we are walking right now. And the porcupine came and I said, we just want to pass if you would mind walking on the left side. And literally, we just passed. That's amazing. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have a, I guess when you come up a bear come in front of a bear there in that area because there's a lot there you would have no problems Claudia no problems <laughs> I'm totally aware because again it's also respect right I mean I'm in their territory so I respect that I'm not like hey I'm a human you get out of my way no it's like okay this is your area sorry for passing through we're just heading to the side here please <laughs> would you mind you know and again everybody's different I mean everybody's different no difference humans animals some say sure go ahead I'll say hey get out of here <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They have personalities too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they have different experiences too, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up, what is next in your endeavors? What are you up to? Are you doing any more like um, animal communication workshops? Are you doing more of uh, education towards this topic? Both. I mean, my passion is really about this topic, you know, who animals really are, because I I really, once we know and understand who animals are, everything will change. We change the way we are with animals. It makes this world a better place for animals. And it also makes people to have a better relationship with animals. You know what I mean? So it, it will, it's basically the next part in our evolution, so to speak, right? Yeah. Uh, but the animal communication, of course, it is so, so important because if we don't understand them, you know, there's so, so many people when they love the animal companions, right? And they never had a session and they have a session and all of a sudden they're so, wow, I had no idea. You know, it, it really brings the relationship to the next level. Yes. And that is so, so important. Absolutely. And I do like that it's hitting multiple growth factors at once. It's yes, getting a, a better relationship with their animals, but also having a 
relationship with yourself and self-discovery and seeing like, you know, that there's a lot more than we see. So that's awesome that you're doing that. That's correct. Because if you think about it, what we know about animals, where does it come from? It's been handed down from generation, generation to generation. Like you learned how to look after your dog or cat companion from your parents. Where did they learn that from? From their parents. Where mm -hmm. did, and same thing. I mean, even with experts, if they, they study animals, yes, but they only study the outer. How far can a gazelle jump? Why does a frog change its color? But they never right. communicate with them. So once we communicate with them, we find out so much more. For example, I spoke with a certain species uh, for some researchers. And again, they can't just find out the outer. So when I communicated with a few animals from that certain species, I, I asked them about their lives and, 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 and I found out that they are actually at the age of 18, there's something happening. It's almost like when we become off the sudden, you know, like uh, from a teenager to an adult, right? So something happened in, uh, around the age of 18 for them. And of course, how can the researchers find that out? Because emotionally, something changed with them. And that you can't find out without asking the animal because they might not change exactly their behavior or something. But internally, they feel different and was actually stingrays I communicated with. So again, oh. that you can also only find out through communicating. And sometimes too is you do certain things and you just do them, never even thought about it. And then somebody asks you, why do you do that? And then you think about it. And I never thought about why I'm doing it. You know what I mean? So it's the same with animals. So sometimes also talking to them with them about certain things also makes them all, all of a sudden aware. Yeah, why am I actually doing that? <laughs> self-discovery for animals <laughs> exactly exactly like i said no difference between humans and animals because if you do certain things where does it come from or oh, it's been handed down again from generation to generation to generation and we just keep on doing it so it's about time that we refresh that because just because we've been doing it for so long doesn't mean it's right or doesn't mean there has been a change absolutely there's way more way more exactly <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Claudia, for answering that question. Who are animals? Um, we are out of time. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. And thanks to our show producer, Mark Winter, for making the show possible. You can view Claudia's website at claudiahair.com, which will also be on the show notes page. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email me at beverly at petliferadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.